This is the Drew Experience episode eight. We are pumping out episodes because of lockdowns and trying to keep busy during quarantine. So this is the show that's 80% combat sports and 20% everything else and anything else with pop culture, you name it. And today, guys, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm heading back to the Kyokushin family. It's the art that I, that I take up. You know, I'm a Kyokushin practitioner being a second Kyu. Eventually, we'll be a Shodan. And they, the Kyokushin family has been so big good to me with, uh, and when I had my last show. And I think after watching Cobra Kai season three and then going on a binge of martial arts flicks, be it Blade, Spawn, or any, you name it, we'll discuss it today. I decided to get to bring back some former, not former, but you know, some one former guest who's coming on this week, but this has been one guest I want to bring on that was supposed to come on, and now we finally have it happen. He's the ageless wonder, the Dutch, a Dutch legend in the Dutch Kyokushin karate for IFK. He is the ageless wonder, Sensei Wesley Jensen. Welcome, Sensei. Hey, us. Well, us. thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, having me. Pleasure's all mine, but thank you because you know we were supposed to do this back in March, April when the show, my other show, was really taken off. But burnouts happen, and you know now it's uh, time to rebrand and go again. So yeah, I know you're on. Uh, shout out to Scott from Marshall Way. You're on his show, and yeah, great interview. Definitely. I listened to like I didn't listen to all of it, but I listened to parts of it, and I really liked the flow you guys had. So um, I mean, uh, you know, you come from a hotbed. You are from a hotbed of martial arts. The Netherlands is known for having like some of the, the greatest kickboxers of all time. It's like you go to Canada, you think of hockey players. So before we'll get into that, but tell me, uh, Sensei, what was your, uh, what got you into martial arts? Like what was your introductory to it? Uh, I, th- I think, well, to be fair, it was my uncle. Uh, I, I was going to be uh, doing something really different. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, and my mom didn't really like me doing any martial arts and stuff like that. And uh uh, obviously, uh, uh, later on, she started off doing karate as well, and she's now a third then. So, you know, it, it, we influenced her. But um, I was going to do uh, uh, speed ice skating. Uh, and then at the time, my uncle was a good friend of my uh, of my teacher back then. And he uh, he said, no, 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 Wes, once you've got your uh, swimming degree, uh, I'm going to show you something which is really cool. And I always like to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I always like to watch Bruce Lee and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of, uh, those, those two shows, so the, the, the Ninja Turtles, Bruce Lee and my uncle, they really got me into, uh, into, uh, into the martial arts uh, business. And well, my first karate lesson was, uh, was Kyukushin, but I was walking in my Bruce Lee suit there uh, with the stuff like that. So yeah, that is a, it's a good memory. Everyone walks into their first Kyokushin lesson either with like the gi the school gives them that doesn't fit them, or they're gonna show up like with uh, like a tracksuit. In your case, the tracksuit of Bruce Lee. So what was yeah. uh, what was that like? Did people kind of like go like what, they're like, what's going on here? Does he know where he is? Or well, it was it was quite funny because my uncle already told me what to what to do when I came in. I was like a four year old little boy came in there, walked up to the sensei and I was like, us, and walked up to the senpai and I was like, us. And then they were looking at each other and thinking, how the hell does he know this? You know what I mean? So uh, that, that was really cool. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was sold by, by well, by, by the first session, to be fair. I've, I've never left it. I've, I've obviously done other stuff, but Kyokushin's my, uh, my first love. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of Kyokushin practitioners that go try other martial arts, I've noticed. But then they come back and it's like, oh, it's like, you know, I love it. You know, like I've seen a lot of 
what I've seen is a lot of Taekwondo practitioners, they'll do, they'll kind of do both because Taekwondo, I mean, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from a Taekwondo practitioner, but to get the belt, it's kind of, it's not as intense as say Kyokushin would be. And then they come back to Kyokushin. It's like, oh, this is like real fighting. And that happened to me because I started in Taekwondo before Kyokushin. And then I tried a Kyokushin dojo. And then when my membership at the Taekwondo place was end, was running out, like, I don't want to quit right away. I like to just honor my contracts and then get out. I said, okay, this is my next art. I think I found the art I wanted. And either if it's another style of karate, uh, it's they, they come right to Kyokushin and they stay there. And why, why do you think that is? Like, what is the appeal? Is it, do you think it's because of the intensity or do you think it's because of all the big names that have also done this art, like Dolph Lundgren, George St. Pierre, Michael Jai White, amongst others? I think, I think we, we're, we're, we're nearly not um, as famous as we should be, to be fair, because a lot of people wouldn't even know that Dolph Lundgren has, uh, has, has always been doing karate or Michael J. White or uh, George St. Pierre, because they know the, they know the people, uh, but they, they're not like the, the, the biggest names in, in, in those scenes. Uh, the, the reason I think people will kind of kind of fall in love with the, with, with the whole style or either uh, go away and get back to, to it is because it's, it's so pure. It's, it's, it's so raw. It's so pure. It's, it's when you are at a, at a, at a good dojo and don't get me wrong, not every dojo is a good one, but when you are at that, that good dojo, you, you will form a base and you will form a, something, something that is so intense that, that it, it, it keeps dragging you back in. You know what I mean? And, and, I've, I've I've had a lot of sessions where I was like, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? And like going out clubbing on a Friday night. Yeah. Being in the dojo at nine o'clock in the morning again. And then at 3 a.m. 3 p.m. still training. And you, you think, why, why is this fun again? Why am I doing this? But it's yeah. something that keeps, keeps, keeps bringing, bringing you, you back into the dojo. So I think it's the, it's the, it's the pureness, the, the rawness, the, 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 the honesty in, in the, in the sport, like the sport itself, uh, there's a lot of dishonesty in the politics and stuff around like that. But yeah. the, the sport really is something honest. It's really back to the, back to the nature. To be fair. I really think we have one of the best communities to, regardless of the organization you're in. If we, as you said, I don't want to make this about politics cause that's going to just soil the, the art, but, that. <laughs> but like the, like the community is just as a whole, it's beautiful. When you're at tournaments, you see other schools there. Like for example, I mean, you're part of IFK and I fought one of IFK's guys at my, at one of the tournaments in, uh, in the big shin tournament for Canada mm -hmm. when, uh, mm -hmm. Fogarazzi from Contact Kicks uh, brought uh, Pavel, uh, a guy named Andrew who I fought. Andrew was a super heavyweight, and I was like a I was like a welterweight. I was a one seventy, you know, just like bad weight. But it was a good experience, and you know, it's just a good. It, there's no bad blood. It's not like hey, it's like we're not here to talk trash. Like you know, we're weekend warriors. We have jobs the next day, and it's just yeah. pure. Like I mean, I can't speak for other arts. I mean, maybe they kind of have that, but I just feel in Kyokushin, it's kind of like it's not spoken about enough of how big the community is and how welcoming it is and how amazing it is indeed because if you walk at a in a broad uh, or, or go to a to a uh, to 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 anywhere you you'd like to go and you wear something with with a kanji on it or maybe you have the tattoo with the kanji on it and someone sees it there's an there's an in, there's there's an instant connection people people will come up to you say oh so kikshin where are you from what do you do and and it's it's so wel welcoming and the same is on 
like like all of the level of tournaments. Eh? If, I, I'm a big MMA fan. I love it. I love MMA. I love kickboxing. I love to watch it. But the 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 harass the harasses they 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 give to each other. The 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 the, the verbal vandalism they give to each other. We we, we don't know that in Kyrgyzstan. It's like okay. We're gonna have a have a have a bloody hard fight. We're gonna beat beat the living crap out of each other. But as soon as the bell rings, it doesn't matter who won. But we're gonna drink a beer, a coke, a coffee afterwards. And 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 that's I think that's amazing. Most likely, but there are a few where the rivalries are. It's, you know, I'm not gonna compare it. Out if I don't want to compare it in MMA because it's two different things. But there are some rivalries. There are some rivalries where like you know they they refuse like. I mean, like, one day, like, I'll go into it. But, like, there was one thing, like, when my coach uh, that, uh, like, I'm sure you've heard of him, like, uh, Mohammed Chuk from Canada. He's, like, one of my senseis, one of Canada's. I think, you know what, like, you know, I mean, he's an amazing fighter. I think he represents what Canada's. But there are some fighters that, you know, that do kind of, like, not some. There's, like, there's, like, a few. There's, like, maybe a very small number that kind of hold him in, like, like regard because like they feel like he took something from them and it's like guys it's like he doesn't care like you're not going to gain anything from him like you just step on the tatami get the respect and you're going to learn something from him and you know like he's definitely one that like represents what Kyokushin is because he's not about pumping his ego he's not about holding grudges against past mat past opponents like if you, if you want to know a story like and this was said on my last show I'm sure you've heard of Vincent Michaud as well he's another one of Canada or Quebec Canada's uh uh, I like to perfect. So Canada and Quebec. So I like to call in Quebec. There's what's called the Horsemen or the Three Kings. The Three Kings of of Quebec Kyokushin are Mohammed Chick, Vincent Michaud, and uh, Michael and Mick Cordero. Those are the three. Those are the three. There might be some more that I'm unaware of, but I mean, right now of this generation, for my generation, it's those three. They're the Three Kings, and not many people know this, but Vincent went to train with Mohammed because Vincent went to go train for a tournament in China. And this mm-hmm. just says, like, what Mohammed is like. You know, he's going to welcome his opponents to come in because Vincent wanted to learn something because they had a past fights with each other. And you know what? It's, it just goes to show the camaraderie that we speak of because Vincent was able to learn something, take that to China, and then win second place. I believe it's second place. So, Vincent, if you listen and watch this, please don't get mad. But he represented Canada beautifully and came second. And, you know, he is, like, he's definitely, like, the definition of, like, what – perseverance is in Kyokushin because Vincent keeps coming back he keeps improving and he's definitely he's one of my favorite like I love my coach but I love Vincent too because Vincent has played a, a significant role in my life and it's just the impacts people have in Kyokushin that you meet that's yeah. what I love about the art and that's what I think it's all about uh, what you say either if you fought each other or, or or not it's 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 all about you can you can teach someone to someone else and and there there are no secrets anymore to be fair because like all of the kicks all of the punches they have been done so please you know be be open for each other because that's that's the way we kind of we're, we're going to make we're going to make Kyokushin even bigger than it, than it than it already is i really definitely agree it's uh it's uh, like Vincent, for example, like, you know, Mo helped Vincent prepare for his tournament in China and Vincent dominated because of that. Vincent helped me with learning French because we live in Quebec where it's a French Francophone province and there's English too. But if you want the good jobs, you have to be able to speak the, the, the official language of the province French. So Vincent gave me like a very good tip. 
and about how to improve my French. And then when I took, when I decided to take French courses, like to really improve it, Vincent and another person, another friend, she doesn't do Kyokushin, uh, shout out to Corinne Laframboise. She's like a MMA practitioner in Quebec. Her and Vincent were the big, were some of the biggest backers with Mohammed who said, you're going to do good at this. You are going to learn French. And they said, we are so happy and credit to you for really wanting to do this. And it's because of them, you know, like, like the community as a whole, when I got my other job after to like, that's better now, like they were the first ones to call and say, you're going to do good at this. And they're like, because you have like the attitude, whether it's from martial arts to like, really you apply what you learn in martial arts to your daily life. And I think that's what really helps others succeed at their jobs. Like, I really think there's a connection between martial arts and the job you do and like how you go about it. 100%. 100%. I, I, I totally agree to what you said. So, uh, yeah, like, I mean, look, I'm sure, like, tell me, what was one of the biggest impacts you've seen in a student? They were down in their luck, you know, we, and we're talking like a complete 180. Like, you know, they come to your dojo. They're a project. I mean, I was a project too. I mean, you know, when I was training with Mo, like I had a lot of bad habits that I was, uh, you know, it took him like, it took him like, you know, credit to him. It it takes a lot for a teacher to sit down a student to say, you're, you're, and by the way, you can, you can uh, cuss on the show if you want, but I mean, if I, I mean, I want to keep it articulate too, because we have good vocabularies I could tell, (laughs) but I'll say it like, I'm just quoting what I'm just going to paraphrase what like Mo said, like one day Mo had to sit me down and he's like, you're fucking up your life. He's like, you are fucking up everything. And he's like, if you want me to work with you and help you get to where you are, we're going to have to make some changes. You're not going to like them. I don't care. I'm doing this for you because think of what your late father would think if he saw what you were doing. You're using stuff as an excuse. And that's a, and then it helped me turn a, a 180, like where I am now. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be here if it was for him. So, I mean, I'm sure you've seen students that have like you've worked with, but then they've helped you change too, maybe in certain ways that you didn't realize. Yeah, I think there's a few, um, there's a few things I've, um, uh, I, I won't say names. Just Yeah, of course. Let's keep it anonymous. That. Yeah, a little bit anonymous. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a few people uh, within my own dojo, but also in, in the dojo I was with before, uh, is that, uh, you know, they, they, they came in, they were really depressive. They were like, like extremely depressive having suicidal thoughts having you know cutting into themselves uh, and mm-hmm. doing doing crazy stuff and then there was only one thing good good for them and that was karate kyokushin fighting uh, and uh to to you know go go with them sit sit them down talk talk with them and 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 at the end of the like after a few months maybe uh, some some are a bit quicker some are a, a bit longer but seeing them turn around into into happy people and being not only happy when they do karate but being happy in in all sorts of stuff being creative in all sorts of stuff and and pick up their life in 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 the way they should be because that's what they deserve uh that's 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 something really really thankful you know uh one of my friends he's become a friend of me now and he he's, he's not even from my club but he he always had. He always looked up to me uh, as a as a fighter, as a person, and he was like, uh, "Wow, I really like you. You're really good and a big role model for me." Um, and then I I went to a festival in Holland and uh, in in Holland. I don't know how it's like in Canada, but in Holland, when when people go to a festival, they they're on drugs all the time. And uh, <laughs> was it? Let me ask you. Was it a trance festival like with Tiesto, Armin van Buuren? No, no, no. It's it's, it's hardcore. So okay. like uh, uh, like 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 really hard music loud a lot of bpm okay like that. D- dark hardcore stuff uh okay. one of my favorites to be fair 
Um, I'm a big trance yeah, junkie too. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's really good. Trance yeah. is really nice. And we got some really good DJs from, from Holland as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I went there and uh, I was there with my wife and, uh, and with some friends and, uh, I, I, I never use any drugs and stuff like that. But then I saw my friend and he was like, he was ashamed and he was like, uh, and I saw he had, he, he had something, uh, he, he, he used something, which is okay for me because it's like a party drug and stuff. But at that time he was like, he, he really felt guilty to, to do this and, and, and seeing me there. And he was like. Well, this, this was the last time I, I, I ever did this because I, I don't ever, ever want to see my role model again in a, in a festival uh, thinking I'm a drug addict. And, and that's, that, that's something I'm, I'm quite proud of as well. And I, I really don't, don't, don't convict him for, for doing it because there's, there's loads of people. And, you know, if you do this, uh, you can still be my friend. But it was, it was something really cool to, to see and, and hear them say that, that they, they never do that again because... <laughs> they don't they don't want to want me to see them like that so yeah th those are a few um yeah those are a few uh, uh little things i've uh, i've learned in the in the way because it, it made me a better person as well it's like all right so this is the th this is the thing I'm, I'm having with people this is the way they look up to me i, I better better make sure it's it's um it's 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 in the right way then the the, the things i'm showing them and, and the things i'm doing with them so yeah, it really made me better as a person as well. That's really good. Yeah, no, and it's really great to see like how IFK has really helped people during the pandemic with mental health. Because I, I mean, look, the virus is out there, but I really, and I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-masker. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I really think the real pandemic is what do you do when you take people's like hobbies away? Like, you know, karate, like think of it, you know, I think it's the mental illness. And, you know, I mean, I kind of went through it too. I mean, uh, like with the, like, you know, I'm overeating, I find, because also, uh, unfortunately, like my, um, uh, my, unfortunately, like my, uh, someone very close to me got diagnosed with a terminal illness. So it's just a matter of me like balancing, you know, trying to take care of them and also stay disciplined. But then I catch myself, you know, like overeating. But, you know, I'm also, what I also think is important too is like I see IFK, like uh, Fogarazzi, who's going to come on uh, tomorrow. Like we were talking on Sunday, we had an hour and a half conversation. And just to see what he's doing, you know, check in with the, with like his, those closest to him. We need that. And I see you guys are doing that too. Like whether it's like yourself or, um, Darren Stringer, like Sensei Darren, who's also doing what he can. You guys are being like psychologists without having a degree. And I yeah. think, and since, same with Sensei Russo too, like who I had on like earlier from, uh, who's one of like my biggest backers of like of what I do. And like Russo's like a father. And also um, that's what I think we need right now. And, you know, I really see it. And I, and I mean, how, is, how, do you think it's, how do you think this has helped you as a leader? We have to check in with your students, not from a karate standpoint, but from a humane standpoint, bringing the values of Kyokushin. Well, that, that's how I always kind of try to look at, um, at, 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 the, at the thing we do. I try to be a good person. I try to be a, 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 a good role model. I, um, I, I don't think the, the, the being a sensei uh, makes me a better person. I, I, I think being a good person makes me a better sensei. And that's, that's how, I, how I try to look at it. So when I, when I do think, and, and to be fair, I'm, I'm quite busy. I have a lot to do and stuff like that. But uh, when I think about, Hey, I think this person needs just a text message or, Hey, this person needs a little bit of attention. That's, that's, that's all I can do. So that's what I try to, to, to give to them. And that's what, what Darren and myself did with the, with the whole starting up the KRT. We would like to 
show the people and give the people our vision of karate and also at least something uh, they can do during this pandemic because it is something really, really powerful if you can still be in, in social contact with, with, with your friends or with a lot of people from abroad who, who love the same thing you do. And then it's, it's okay to be home alone uh, if you can it is. at least do a little bit of training. It is like these podcasts who are kind of like therapeutic for me. Like I get to connect with people. I get to really improve, keep my social skills improving. Cause I was very, um, in my shell before, like I was very in my shell and, uh, it was like, and you know, I've also battled like my demons too. So, I mean, if any of your students hear this and you know, like if it gives them motivation, I mean, I mean you've worked with people from many walks of life. I mean, you know, I'm comfortable with talking about it now, but like when I was much younger, I was diagnosed with a mild autism spectrum disorder and it led to me being chastised and bullied. It's the classic case of like, why did you get into martial arts? And, you know, I know what it's like to be uh, like to be picked on. You know, I kind of got into hockey to fit in ice hockey. But then like when I always saw fighting, it was kind of like, you know, I always wanted that glory just to feel important, just to feel included. You know, winning that like when Dan, when the kid, when Karate Kid, when he beats Johnny Lawrence, and he gets that trophy you know I wanted that like that's what got me into martial arts and even as like a 28 year old like you know when I get that trophy whether it's first second or third it's like okay that's my moment because I did what so many few would do because everybody is romanticized by wanting to fight they want to they want to they want to have like you know they want to get they want to have that like you know that like the girl give them attention everyone be like hey great job but when they see what you have to put into to prepare for a kumite without getting paid for it everyone's going to shy. Like, I mean, I was waking up at 4.30 a.m., dropping millions of F-bombs. Like, sometimes I'd even look at my shoes for five minutes and be like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this? What is the point of this? And then I realized, like, I have a goal here to get down to, like, uh, my weight that I want and also compete. And um, when I start... And, 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 and most of the times, it's those, it's those... It's only the, the, the stupid little trophy or, yeah. or just a, a plastic or metal cup yeah. that that's it but it represents so much it represents yeah. all of the dedication you put in there it's amazing if anyone yeah who has like some form of like a learning difficulty or i wouldn't say challenge because if you were challenged you wouldn't be able to succeed it's a learning difference and you know i don't want to sound like i'm pc here but i mean listen if you have any students wesley you know that like hear this and listen to this and they have any some sort of let's say dyslexia add adhd guys I'm on the spectrum, okay? I'm mild, you know, like, and I was told I would never do this. I would never do that. And I was able to accomplish it because also it pays off who's in your circle too. Like, I, I, when I won that, when I won like that trophy versus Vince Michaud's guy, second place, it was to tell people like, you can change your circumstances regardless. You have to flip the script. You can do it. You can't be a victim forever. You can't. And you, if you keep doing it, you're going to get the same result. But if you decide to one day wake up and say, okay, I've had enough. And you channel that and put it into martial arts like Kyokushin, jujitsu, kickboxing, boxing, you're going to see how it changes. And that's how it's changed for me. Since I, since I, I, I really got serious with Kyokushin. I started the podcast. I've really seen how it's benefited. So if any students of Wesley or anyone that listens to this who feels like they're in like a tough period, use me as an example. I don't care. Because, you know, if I can make a difference in one person's life with what's going on right now, I can die happy. That's what I want. I don't care about fame. I don't care if I spoke to like this guy. I want to make sure I believe I truly believe in the saying if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I, and I prefer the go together part because that's what I realize is more rewarding. I like that. That's really good. You're kind of, this is like the, the real, real, real life version of Hulk. 
from Cobra Kai. Hawk, yeah. Yeah. He, he's such he's an example silly. for me. He, you know what? Watch Amazing. the show, guys. Don't, don't, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but you know what? I really think if they did, you know what? That's that, for a second there, let's go off topic here. That show for a reboot, I've seen many reboots, Wesley, okay? I've seen this reboots. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. I've seen a reboot of Red Dawn. So if anyone, if you like Cold War history, the original Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, C. Thomas Howell, that was amazing. The other one that came out in 2012 where North Korea is the villain, garbage. Watch the original 84 one because they really make you think because I'm a historian. I'm a history. I have a, my degree in history and the Cold War. The original Red Dawn really made you think of the period because that's when Ronald Reagan almost launched the nukes to uh, Russia with that whole incident. It really made you think, what if Russia did invade? And it's so good. Like, I, and it just makes it so good. And, you know, it's so rare that they reboot it and bringing it back to Cobra Kai. They tried to do the remake with Will Smith. Then they did the one with uh, Hillary Swank. It was rubbish. It was so bad. This one, they did it good. And uh, I mean, who's your favorite character or characters in the series? I really, I'm a really big fan of Hawk, to be fair. Because, you know, he, he, he was the bullied one. And, and he's, a, he's a bit cray-cray at the moment. But to be fair, I, I, I understand. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I, always, I always was a big fan of, uh, of Johnny. Um, he's an anti-hero uh, yeah he's the anti-hero it's, it's exactly what you say if you look at Dragon Ball Z I was never a Goku fan I was always a Vegeta fan me too if you look at uh, if you look at like 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 all of the the, the, the big things I, I, I never root for the hero like like Harry Potter uh, stuff like that I'm such a nerd to be fair but you know that's okay but um, uh, I, I never I never root for the hero I like I like to see the hero win but I'm always kind of an anti-hero fan did you watch the Marvel series on Netflix like Marvel and the Punisher like for example um, no I, I haven't I haven't been able to to watch the series I, I, I literally watched all the all the Marvel films and stuff yeah. like that but yeah, so Punisher's another time. one. Like Punisher's another one. He's not a hero. Like, cause I, you know what? What draw? I think what draws a majority in the end to the anti-hero is how real they are. Cause they're a very complex character. You look at yeah. uh, like you look at Johnny Lawrence. Like, yeah, we saw him from the scope of being the bad guy number one. But I think what Cobra Kai does, it really frames it. Like, he's not perfect. Like, you look at like when you watch the show. I'm so happy that they gave a perspective of his life, like what happened like between and, you know, it gets you to understand. And I really think, you know, everyone loves Ralph Macchio, but I mean, I think w William Zabka has won more fans. Like he's going to win more fans. Definitely. And to be time. fair, I'm, I'm, I'm the last season. So season number three kind of got me a little bit into, into Daniel LaRusso a, a bit more. Me too. Uh, but yeah, in the, in the movies, I, I really disliked him, but you know, that's, if you think about that, he he was the hero and uh, and he, he did a great job. He was the, the, the true karate kid. I, I want to ask you this because you know a lot of people. Uh, this is this is going to cause a lot of division. And it, when this video gets loaded onto YouTube, it's going to get like and they get to this part. Okay, so there's a theory that. Um, Everyone asks, where does the karate come from? Because we all know it's not real karate, but some say that um, Miyagi Do is a kind of like an offshoot of Goju Ryu with maybe Kyokushin, but then some say, well, no, it's the, it's the Cobra Kai karate. But I have a theory that the, some say that it's Kyokushin, Cobra Kai, strike hard, strike now. But I have a feeling it's more Taekwondo. It's, what are your, what's your opinion of when you watch the fight scenes? What are the styles you're seeing between the two? Well, the, 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 it's a very typical way of, 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 of all American karate, to be fair, when you, when you look at like the, the tournaments and stuff. So it really has a lot of 
uh, tank sudo and and stuff in there with with if you look at the rule sets they 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 work with and um if you look at tank sudo that's like korean and uh oyama was korean as well so in 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 a way uh kyokushin must be in, involved in in this as well and i think it was season one where where johnny was opening the laptop and looking at uh at some fights and uh he saw he opened a up a kyokushin bit, fight he opens up a kyokushin fight so uh yeah i think i think the whole um the, the whole cobra kai uh version of karate is 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 the is the more uh evolved uh a kyokushin or ashihara or like the the the, the, the more newer styles of karate and if you look at the miyagi do it's it's, it's the, the the more goju ryu uh and, and and all of the 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 uh you know the, the jka styles so the, the the more historical styles uh where where it actually began began with so um i i do i do like to think that kyokushin was involved in doing this um gives me a bit of a proud don't, just I think don't, so too. don't watch the fights too too much because, you know, it's 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 acting and it's but it's definitely not the best way of fighting you see there. <laughs> exactly no, like it's really um and you know what I'm not gonna lie uh the Karate Kid film part two because I don't want to ruin the show but the movies everyone can watch you know because it's old and not many people have time but. Karate Kid 2 took place in it took place in Okinawa, but it was really filmed in Hawaii because of the cost to go into always to go into Japan. It's like super expensive, mm -hmm. but it makes you want to visit Okinawa. Have you ever been to Okinawa yourself? Or no, I've not been into Okinawa. I've been to Japan twice now, uh, but I haven't had the chance to go to Okinawa, which is a like like a, a big dream for me. So I'd, I'd still like to go there, uh, but being in Japan is is amazing. It's like the it's where it all started where it comes from and the the difference in between in between like the the, the big cities or the smaller villages it's it's such a such a big difference and i love it i love i love to go there i love to be there i love to see it too just because also like because of the military history because the u.s has been stationed there since world war ii yeah. it's like one of their big uh, especially for vietnam and just to see when you look at okinawa like from what it brings it's like you just want to wake up in the morning there you know, go to Tomei Village if it even if it even exists, and just see like uh, the cat, like see like what it's like to live there. And but I've heard nothing but beautiful things. But the karate there is not like what we have here or in Europe. It's very, it's a lifestyle, like it's a real lifestyle, like yoga or meditation or like if you're like a addict of some sort, like it's used to help like get out of the addictive patterns of addiction. Yeah, I I, I actually. I think this is what I've heard. I'm not sure if this, is, if this is the truth or not, but I've heard this is something they actually teach at schools, and 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 this is a big form of their PE and 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 their certification in in schools and stuff like that. So, if you if if this is the truth, that is that's something I'd like to see over here in uh, in Europe. <laughs> I really think we should bring martial arts into school. I think it would really. I think it would really change like a lot about PE because it would help because not many people are team sports players. Like I was not a team sport guy. Yes, I played hockey. I was terrible. I was a uh, I was like a bench warmer at times. I was uh, I was like what we call like in hockey terms a plug, like just a guy mm -hmm. that's there to help you know like get the guys going. I was an enforcer too, but like martial arts, it's great for the individualist person because like sometimes people do better with individualistic sports like yeah. swimming. But it still like, makes you a better team team player as well. If you if you do 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 martial arts and karate in 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 the right way, it it is an individual thing, but it's it also gets you to to really understand what happens in a team and what happens in 
how much you need your sparring partner and stuff like that. So it, it, it does help you in, in, in stuff like that. I'm, I've never been a big team player myself, but I was always good to function within a team if it was necessary. Same here. And, what, and that's, that's, what, that's what takes me about karate too, especially because now like I work in like a, in the corporate world, like I work in a, in telecom. So we're in a team. So it's like, okay, like we have our team, but you're really only, you could be the best sales rep, but if you're not encouraging others, if you're not like helping others when they need help, then your team's not going to succeed. And I think what makes the team we have luckily right now so good is because everyone helps each other in a certain way. Like for example, when I had um, a challenge speaking with the French customers, because French to mm -hmm. go from English to French is like very tough in sales. Like you're, you have to switch languages. Like mm -hmm. I had one colleague that would say, uh, you know what, let me help you with this one. If it's too much for you, give them to me and you handle the English ones. But uh, now it's like because of the help and what, her and thank goodness my my manager was helping me my manager was taking me on the side to say here's how we're going to say this here's how you're going to change this up it doesn't have to be perfect but keep it like simple in like simple english simple french and that's what makes the sum of a good team you want a good leader that wants if you want okay i'm taking this quote from michael francis a former mobster and he says <laughs> if you're a mob leader it holds true today if you're a mob leader if you're a leader in general you want if you want to succeed as a leader you want your people to earn you want them to earn and succeed. So how do you do that? You put them in positions and you coach them to be there for them if they, and to make sure that they succeed. And that goes to the same with martial arts. If you're in a team for a tournament, you want to make sure your best fighter is not getting all the attention. You want to make sure the other fighters are getting their due as well. True. Very true. So that's, uh, that's what I think makes a great team, especially in martial arts, like with the Kumites. Because, man, that camaraderie, those memories are for a lifetime. You know, like you could Forever. like... like like you look at the scene in uh, when John when uh, you look at the scene in uh, okay, I don't want to say you know what? you look at like well just in general like you know when sometimes like you meet like let's say you and Darren like or let's say you and Darren like you know or let's say one of your other uh, karate mates from like the Netherlands you guys meet up like twenty five years later hey remember that Kumite where like you had this fight and you know you were so nervous and like timeless man it's like it's timeless like you know i still talk to sometimes i still talk to vincent and i'm like remember the time i fought your guy last year and how he chopped my leg up and how like i couldn't walk for a week and he was like laughing and it was like it's it brings you in the moment straight away and that's what what what, what happens what happens as well because it's so true such a pure form of what you do when you fight each other you 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 both know you and your opponent you both know what you guys are there for what you guys are doing there and uh uh, it's, it's something it's, it's a connection made there although you try to kick the crap out of each other it's a connection oh it's the connections there like as mentioned like i really learned a lot from that tournament like because i was like i don't want to sound like uncle i don't want to sound like uncle rico from napoleon dynamite like back in 82 but i was <laughs> i was like you know the, the truth is i was winning that fight like i really was but like the problem was i didn't know how to check the legs that's where my weakness was but i learned because I had to get my leg chopped up by uh, Vincent Sky, and after that, like, it was definitely the fight of the day. Like, I had like a like my like I, I'd say like if I'm a fighter, if we're comparing myself to MMA fighters, my style is a mix of between Robbie Lawler's and Nick Diaz. Because I'm just gonna keep coming. I'm just gonna you can going hit me for a, a war then. We're going for a war. Oh, we're going yeah. for a war. Like it's it's gonna be a, it's like that. You know, I'm like and you know Robbie. That's what I like about Robbie. Like I'm I have this personality. Like I'm very you know aloof. I'm very nice. I try to be like casual. But when that switch goes off, it's like, it's uh it's game time. Lovely, that's good. Is he one of your who are your favorite fighters to follow? Because we have we're having this discussion before the whole lockdown, and you even sent me a photo of one of my favorite 185ers. He's the pride of uh, Leiden, Holland. 
Das uh, Ritter. Das Ritter, that's your favorite? That's your favorite, no, right? no, my, no, no, no. I thought you were talking about them. No, another uh, no, one. No, uh, no. My, 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 my all-time favorite fighter is, is, is John Bones Jones. He, he, he's, I don't know, he's, he's, he's something special. Uh, I, 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 I honestly think he's the best, um, the best MMA fighter that's ever, uh, that's ever touched earth. Um, I, I really like him. Um, I'm a big fan of I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of McGregor. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, George Saint Pierre. I really, really, I don't really like his style of fighting, but I, I like his 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 his, his intensity and, and 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 the way he 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 went at it is is, is Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov. Amazing. Uh, if you look at uh, one of the more newer guys, it's uh, Zabit, uh, who's, who's that, amazing. So, future yeah, champ. He's a future champ. I don't care or, what anyone says. That guy's a future champ. Yeah, yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna do it in style. To be fair, he's gonna do it in style. So uh, yeah, yeah. But my all time favorite is Jones. I, I, I there's no doubt about that. You want something funny? So um, I was a I was very into hockey before. So and when I got into MMA, very casually, casually, I was into first Andrei Arlovsky because my mom's from like mm-hmm. that part of Russia. Well, mm-hmm. she's born in Canada, but her parents are from like Belarus, Russia. But yeah. then eventually, when John Jones came on, everyone's like, he's the youngest champ ever. And I started kind of very following loosely, like when he won the belt against Shogun, then. The fight against Machida, I remember I was like kind of very loosely. That was my favorite John Jones fight. And then when you hear him break it down, you said he's the best fighter on earth. Just hearing him like his IQ. Yeah, they're like, John's like, yeah, John. He's like, I'm, you're going to fight a guy like Machida. You're going to fight a guy like Machida. And then John was like, well, I knew Machida wasn't really good of a wrestler. But if I got him into that corner, I can neutralize his uh, point style karate. And then you just hear him. And then when he just like gets that elbow in with like cuts the eye. And then when the, the coldest walk off every just chokes Leoto out and you just see him walk off like nothing the way he drops the body is is oh my god is is it's it's nearly scary that some that, that someone can do that to you is is the iq he has in fighting and and when i said to you there's no secrets anymore that i i only i think there's only one person in the whole earth doing martial arts who has secrets and <laughs> that might be john jones because the way that the way he he uses literally every little bone of his body in, in, into fighting is it's off the chain. He, he, I think my favorite fights of him were the Machida fight. Uh, I could say the, the Shogun fight when he won the belt because no one was expecting to do that to Shogun. We just came in with a flying knee. No one ever did that to Shogun. No, like Shogun, who was like a pride legend, and John came in there and made him look below average. And there was that. But I think the most important fight of Jones's career, and not many people agree with me or like they don't know it, was the Vitor Belfort fight, UFC 152. Because Vitor almost beat him. He had yeah. John in that arm lock and he separated John's shoulder. And when you want to know what a champion is, what it takes to be a champion, watch that video. Go on Instagram. Go on YouTube. Watch Vitor pulling Jones's shoulder apart. And John's just biting on the teeth, digging through. And he, he somehow beat Vitor after. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's that's why I said he's 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 got it all. He he he, really, he truly has 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 got everything you need to have as a as a fighter. And yeah, outside of the ring, outside of the octagon, he's he's not been a the biggest role model. But I I, I do think you should see this separately. Um, yeah, and 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 the the, the PEDs they they caught him with or didn't really caught him with or whatever. There is a suspicion. Um, Still, I still believe he, he is he is something something out of this world. I'm so excited for him to come into heavyweight. I'm so it's such like it's like it's like it gives me chills to be like, what is he gonna do to Francis and Stipe? Because even people it's gonna make them look stupid. 
I think that's, so. That's, I think that's so. what I think. He's been amazing. So. Yeah. And I think, and then you have Israel Adesanya barking up, and I'm, and I keep telling all the Izzy fans, like I say, guys, listen, you could say keep living in La La Land because when Izzy gets into that cage with John, it's a different beast, and you do not want to wake up a John Jones. Like you do not want to poke the lion because John is a lion, and Izzy is. He's to be fair, Izzy's kind of like you know, he's kind of like a cub right now. It's like a lion versus a tiger. Izzy's yeah. the tiger. But John's the lion, and there's a reason why the lion is, that they say, the king of the jungle. And, you know, John's going to rip him apart, and that's going to really... I, yeah, I, I, I believe he, he will snap him like a twig. And, and you know, it's, it's, I, don't even, I don't even think they're a comparison. I, I think people who say, yeah, Izzy is going to be... He, he's better than John, then, then as, you know, it's, it's, it's wrong for his name to, to be in the same sentence as, as Izzy. It really is. I said, you're playing a dangerous game. I said, you're playing a very dangerous game. It's like, you know, as I said, you know, when I have, like, there were some that were uh, wanting to fight my coach, Mo. And I always say, like, you know, Mo is the John Jones of Canada Kyokushin because there's there's people that are, like, kind of there with him, but he's always up here. And it's not to sound biased. There's things I've seen. I can't say. I don't want to say it on record, but I've seen things Mo do that makes him what he is. And, you know, Mo, when if you've seen my coach fight in videos – I compare style, he's got the IQ of a John Jones for Kyokushin, but he also has another style of a fighter that we're familiar with that you and I like. Gegard, the dream catcher, Musasi. Oh, yeah, that's the one you mean. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him, yeah. He, uh, I, was, I, was, I was actually thinking about, uh, about UFC guys. At, at that time, he was mm-hmm. UFC. But uh, yeah, Gegard, he's, uh, he's something special as well, to be fair. He's, uh, he's um, such a smart fighter, such a, a brilliant, brilliant fighter, and he's so strong. But also such a true gentleman. That's amazing. So calm, very quiet. Like, it's too bad he didn't work out in the UFC because I just think, you know, he he doesn't want to be like a McGregor. He doesn't want the spotlight. He just does his talking. The record speaks for itself. And comes to fight. He comes to to fight. He doesn't want to talk too much. And, you know, it's, yeah, he's very cool. Very good guy. I'm yeah. pretty sure Michael Bisping is very happy he fought George St. Pierre over uh, Gegard Mousasi and same with Luke Rockhold because I'm not going to lie, it's, it's not an easy fight. It's not a style you can really prepare for with Gegard. He doesn't show his training like other fighters do. He's very under the radar. Um, there's even, have, you seen uh, his, have you seen his last fight into Bellator? Like the, yes. When he was fighting yes. the Brazilian one. Douglas it's, Lima. Yeah, and, and, and I know Douglas, uh, he comes to Holland quite a lot to, to train in, in, in Cops Gym, um, especially for his title fights when he wasn't fighting uh, uh, Gegard. He, he, he trains there and he, uh, he, in my opinion, he got schooled in, uh, in, 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 this, in this fight. Gegard showed him what it's like to be the champion. And that's, I, I like Douglas because he's a good fighter, very, very good stand-up fighter. And, uh, but, Some of the yeah. most, those leg kicks are very Kyokushin-like. Those leg yeah. kicks, it's Muay Thai, but it's a key. He's done, I think he's done Kyokushin. Some, I think a lot of MMA fighters kind of do Kyokushin on the side or they'll get coaches. That just at least there is a, Yeah, there's at least a, a stand-up coach who, uh, who can teach them a little bit of the, 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 the ground principles for, uh, for Kyokushin. The way they, they twist in the hip, the way they, they snap some kicks. Uh, yeah. Would you say Gegard has a bit of a Kyokushin style or is it more Dutch kickboxing? Mm, well, Dutch kickboxing is a little bit of a Kyokushin style as well uh, because a lot of like the, the, the old school Dutch kickboxers, they, uh, they, they, they've always trained Kyokushin for, for quite a while. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd say 
there is some Kyokushin in there. Um, and either he learned it in the old school Dutch kickboxing way. Um, but um, um, yeah, if, if you look at his, his, the way of his stand up fighting, the way he, 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 he gets into a, to, to an opponent, the, the way he, he really smothers them, that's a, that's, a, that's a smart IQ of a fighter. A lot of people, and I really think too, he's one of the few that can actually give Israel very big problems. And, you know, everyone says like, oh, Izzy's going to do- just don't. No, there's two people that are going to give him. There's actually four people that are going to give him problems. And, and these are the four. John Jones, we agree, is going to tear limb off, his arm yeah. off. Uh, Gegard Mousasi for smothering and, you know, bringing that dirty fighting. I even think I had him on my show yesterday, uh, Jack Hermanson, the Joker. He's another mm-hmm. one for his grappling. Very good grappling. And that's something we haven't really seen Izzy do. Like, Izzy hasn't been tested on the ground. And I'd say Kelvin Gastelum, you know, say what you want about Kelvin Gastelum, but he was the one that brought Izzy to the brink. Yeah. And uh, if, if, you, if you look at, uh, like, 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 big fighters like uh, uh, Khabib, yeah. if, if he was willing to do this, he uh, he would have given him a, a very very big run for his money. I'm 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 not sure if uh, if Izzy would have beat him because you know he's extremely strong and and maybe if you look at a a guy like like Robbie Lawler, you 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 earlier said uh, in his in his in his in his good days, uh, he probably he probably would have given him a, such a hard time. Izzy is a smart fighter. Don't get me wrong. He's a you know he's got some really good stuff on him, and even even the, the one knockout he had in uh, in in kickboxing was uh, he was dominating that fight. But that's the thing he he when he dominates he gets a little bit of, uh, a little bit cocky and a little bit arrogant, and then he he's he gonna get, get caught. It's gonna get caught one day. It takes one like look at Anderson versus Chris Weidman. You know everyone thought Anderson was untouchable, and then Weidman came in there and just. And we can him. all agree. We can all agree that 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 Anderson was a way better fighter than than Whiteman is. And 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 that's the thing. You you don't have to be the better fighter to win tournaments or to be a world champion. You don't have to be the best. No, it's just about timing. And I mean, then it's kind of debated like about Weidman's. Like, I'm never going to take anything away from a champion who won it. But it can be said that Weidman did kind of fight guys on their way out. Like Anderson was kind of, you know, father time caught up with him. Lyoto Machida was on one last run before, you know, it was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go to Bellator to earn a few quick paychecks. And then um, he fought Vitor. But then there was the whole controversy, if you remember, because that fight was supposed to happen like – we got it too late. That's the other thing with MMA that is kind of sad. We get the fights sometimes when they're too little, too late. Like, yeah, I, I wish we got the Vitor fight. If there wasn't the whole TRT controversy, I think that would have been a very good fight for Weidman. I think that would have really shown, okay, is he a legitimate champion? Because when he fought Vitor, there was all the rules. And, you know, say what you want about Vitor. But, I mean, I think, you know, but I do think Vitor clipped him. Because when you watch Weidman versus Rockhold, one of the, I think over time that's one of the better middleweight fights in history. I really think the effects of Vitor's uh, quick boxing did something to Weidman because Weidman tried to throw that spinning back kick, but just that culminated with the Vitor fight. I think that led to Rockhold capitalizing, if you agree or disagree. I agree. I agree. And uh, if, if you look at the, um, uh, at the fight of, um, uh, again, uh, Weidman versus, uh, versus Rockhold, that was something... I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if, if we can say Rockhold was the better fighter, but he was just the better doing the the better and the cleaner techniques at that time and had the right strategy in, in, in that time. So, um, 
yeah, you know, that's that's what it's and, and definitely in MMA, that's what it's all about. Being being the champ or, or going to be the champ, you have to be using the right strategy. And that's that's why what I love about the sports, about martial arts. It's it's not only physical, it's very mentally uh you have to be you have to be smart, you have to be you know, playing chess with, with your opponents. And that's, that's what happens a lot. And that's why I like to, to watch it. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it was, uh, there was, um, it was very, uh, it's very, very, uh, it's very uh, interesting to see like what it's very interesting to see, like how that fight would have happened if Weidman, if Rockhold, if Weidman did win, because then it would have proven, okay, Weidman is legit. But yeah. Rockhold, you know what though? You know what I love about that fight? I'm not a fan of Rockhold, okay? I'm not a fan of Rockhold, but that entrance to DMX, that was the best, <laughs> one of the best entrances I've ever seen. He just showed up, he was ready. It was like, uh, it was like, it, it was just so good. Like, cause you could tell like for a co-main event, there was a lot of intensity on the line. It was East Coast versus West Coast. And you got like, it was AKA versus um, New York, Ray Longo. And here's the funny thing. After Rockhold won the belt, it was, there was kind of this weird phase when John came back from that like whole like, incident with the hit and run it was him mm. and Ro- and Weidman were teaming up against like aka guys at one of the conferences because there's dc who was the champ rockhold was the champ and you know there was kind of that like i, I kind of missed that rivalry that was a nice rivalry we had there it was really good indeed yeah that that, that, that made it a little bit interesting other extra, than connor a little bit extra yeah other than the connor like connor was like on a, i guess pet, like, i'm telling you the golden stage of mma was i would say when tough finally broke the sport through with like bonner versus griffin then yeah. it was from 2005 with Chuck Liddell carrying the torch until then Brock Lesnar came. And then the golden, golden stage was like Brock Lesnar, Anderson, George, um, BJ Penn, uh, Strike Force 2. And then when they got bought out, it was kind of like, like a mellowing out period. And then when George left the first time, there was kind of like, okay, they lost a big piece. How is the show going to succeed? And then when John came up and then when Rhonda and Connor, I just think 2014, 2015 to 2017 was, was the, it was yeah. like the most amazing. And I think we're kind of back to that think, era now. I, I, and I think uh, that really, really did something good for, for the whole MMA thing in, and, and whole like martial arts in, 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 in particular for, uh, for a lot of people, because a lot of mainstream people were talking about, fights of conor mcgregor and you know that's 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 something really good because at that time it's 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 kind of normal to or, or cool to do a to do a martial arts and uh, uh that's what they did for us so i think it's uh it's something everyone in, in 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 martial arts can be thankful of that that a guy like conor mcgregor and and a few other names really bigged it up uh they they they, they, they made it really 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 big and really interesting for people to watch they really did it was just a period and then i think you know and when i had one of my other friends on adam my friend adam from the show unanimous decision we spoke about 2019 was the year of the anti-hero because you think of it john became champion again um Nate Diaz came back. Jorge Masvidal was like on the rise and that's what i call the anti-hero era because it was like there was none of this like Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good champion. It's like, no, these are imperfect individuals like Diaz, Masvidal, John Jones, uh, Stipe and DC. Well, Stipe is a stand-up guy, but that was like, uh, he's not my favorite champion. I, 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 I respect him, but I just feel John is the one that's going to make, is the one that's going to put, that's going to put his mark on the heavyweight. I think, yeah, I think so. I was, I, I was actually thinking, uh, Cormier was going to do it DC because, uh, when he, when he, 
when he went out of the heavyweight into the heavyweight and then actually beat it Stipe. I was like, wow, I, I didn't expect that to happen. So I, at that time I was like, okay, so this is, this is what's going to happen. He's now going to, he's now going to control this, this whole heavyweight stuff. And then when John Jones comes back, he, he, he will come back into the heavyweight and, and see the rivalry again. But then DC uh, stopped in, at, at the right time and, and he got beat by, uh, by Stipe, the, the the, the next fight but I, li- I like Stipe but yeah this is this is not the the best time of being a heavyweight um, no. except for w- when now John, John Jones returns because that, that's, that's going to make it very interesting at, uh, at the time I think he's going to be more active as a heavyweight too I think he wants I think he's realized of all the screw-ups he had outside the ring all the money he lost from endorsements and all that he wants to kind of like get what he can back and he's still doing well for himself he's not crying poor but I look at John Jones as like his window being from now 33 he's 33 I think he's going to retire at like say 35 36 as a the heavyweight goat and you know what like if he wins at heavyweight that erases everything about him you cannot say shit you cannot say anything about him after that and um it's it's just you know he's just so good you know everyone gives me a hard time for being a bones fan because they're dc fans i don't hate dc but i don't like his style i just he's think he's too much style- of a good guy as well yeah. you know he's, he's he's a bit of a sucker but i i like him because he's he's, he's funny and he's he yeah. obviously an amazing fighter and and what you say I, i'm not a big fan of his style but he he he, he, he it worked for him uh, but he's just, you know, that's the same in Holland. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Rico Verhoeven. That's just me neither. I like Bader Hari. Yeah, I, I like the, 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 the little bit of a raw, the raw edge on people, and I, I don't like it that people, they, they look too fake to me. You know what I mean? I, I don't like that. I, you know, just be honest, be you, and if you're, a, if you're a dickhead, be a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, like for if example. You know what won me over to Botter Harry? And I don't condone violence. When the video of Joe Rogan breaking down, like when Botter's in a nightclub, he just goes up to a good doorman. He's like, yeah, and Botter Harry just smacks him right out. Like, it was I haven't like, seen that. I haven't seen that. Oh, you didn't hear it? Oh, this was no, hilarious. No, so like apparently that. he was um, in a nightclub and the guy was like, hey, who the fuck are you? He's like, hey, who the fuck are you? And Botter is like, you don't know who I am. And then they got into an, an altercation. The guy doesn't know that this is like a K1 legend, like a, like a glory champ. So Botter just got mad one day, you know, Botter being Botter just smacked the guy out. And, you know, it was, yeah. uh, and then he got, and then he got caught for it, obviously. Cause Botter's like, I think Botter's like the Mike Tyson of uh, kickboxing, very yeah. complex individual. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could say that if you, you know, there's, there's like, there was like a big story of him uh, being on a big trans festival. It's like, uh, it's, it's called uh, the, the, white white team party or something I'm, I'm white party white night yeah. white night or something like that yeah, right? something like that yeah everybody dressed in white yes so being uh, being the main dj and stuff like that but then they were like yeah well, he, he actually gave someone a low kick and he broke his leg but oh, then what what happened was and that's that's you know that's what the media won't tell you these guys there uh, they were kind of you know taking the piss out of him and trying to you know altercate into with him and 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 looking up the looking up the boundaries uh, on how far he he was making them go and then obviously they went over the boundary and got kicked uh and then he beat them up and then it's not good he shouldn't do it because he's a he's a he's a weapon he's a trained martial artist uh, he's a, he's amazing but still it's 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 not okay that people do this and when they get punished for that 
that he is the bad guy. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. He is a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> but he's our favorite bad guy. But he's, he's a, yeah, he's a cool bad guy. I like him. <laughs> it's kind of like I, a... actually, I actually did a training with him as well. And the guy oh. was phenomenal. He was so good. And, and everything, you know, when you start a, when you start a session and they, they, they do left, right, left jab, right cross, left jab, right cross, you, you do that. But then he, he started talking and, and the reason why he did this and the way he, he uses his body. He was so efficient. He was so good. Um, that, was a, that was a training I really, I learned a lot at uh, that time. I, I, yeah. I really think he's like, a lot of these guys are like very misconstrued in the media, as you were saying. And, you know, there's what you see in the media and then when you get to the, see the person. And, you know, for example, like a lot of people do not like John Jones, but, you know, Ali Abdelaziz, Khabib's agent said, said it best he's like i'm very good friends with john jones and john jones is a very misunderstood person and i really believe it's that same tyson-esque path you know like those guys who are so 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 good but they don't know anything else other than what they're good at and you know look at tyson like you know customado you know the famous story like cus told him said you're the, you don't exist the task exists and no one ever taught him to turn the switch off to say hey you're going to have a life after fighting. Hey, you got to learn how to manage your money better. Hey, you got to learn how to like pick good friends and good associates to be around. And mm -hmm. that's what I think, you know, these guys, they make that mistake. I'm sure Botter's done it. You know, it's, it's a classic case of, you know, getting to the top and then letting the... And, and then, then to think, if you look at uh, Mike Tyson and look at Bader Hari, I'm not, I'm not sure about John Jones, but, but, but these guys, they had literally, they literally had nothing. They didn't have a penny in their, in their pocket. And, and then they start fighting and they get famous and they get loads of money. And then they win tournaments where you get four or 500,000 euros or dollars or whatever. And then you got a lot of money and, and then you, you, you're like, you're still the little, the little bad guy, the little crook, the little, you know, and, and then with all of that money and, and all of those things, those things can go wrong. And, and all of everybody wants to be your friend at that time. And, and you don't know, who's who's going to be good for you and who's going to be bad for you so so all of those things that happens for them and and they don't have anyone who says hey you better do it like this you better do it like that you better do it like that because to be fair if they had that role model or that father figure in their lives they probably wouldn't have got where they are right now very so, true yeah very true no it's very true and you mean like it's just it's really fun because I love hearing those stories about like, you know, those late coaches like custom model, like Cus is like, was it like a savant like with fighting, like not just with boxing, but like with watching like conquerors war movies and you would show Tyson like that. You got to think like this. He'd make Mike read books about Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you watched the episode or listened to it where Tyson was on Rogue and he talks about like, cause Joe was like, I wish I would have met custom auto. And he's like, he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, Cus was a very, he was a good man, but he was also very, he had a very petty side to him where he would make an enemy out of anyone. And there is that. And I think that's a problem in martial arts too. Like was that, was that the, was that the, the one where he was actually crying and saying, I'm, 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 I'm nothing. Is, is that, is that th that episode? Where no, was that was his show with Sugar Ray Leonard, but he went on Joe Rogan's show actually. And he wasn't mm -hmm. crying at all. He was just talking. This is when he announced his comeback. Like he said, I'm fighting. Oh Roy Jones yeah. Jr. I, I, yeah. I, I, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. I did hear that. And yeah. he said like, it, it just, it's, so poignant it just stuck with me because you could see it today in people like you want to meet your idols but then you look at how flawed they are like look at custom auto like he made an enemy out of people that you know just out of anybody and you know that's that's not a way to live like you don't want to like you don't want to be like having a chip on your shoulder like because i was like that way before i like uh, where I, in kyokushin like i had like i had a chip on my shoulder like i wanted to 
I wanted to to intentionally hurt others in tournament. Like I wanted to go beyond, you know, there was like, there was, there was senseis and there's some shihans that I really wanted to make enemies out of, but it's like, you don't accomplish anything from it. You know, it's, it doesn't do anything. And that's what Tyson, we can learn from that, that passage. It's like, don't be like vengeful or have a chip on your shoulder yeah. always. Cause it can well, bite you. That's, that's, that's how I got, how I got grown up in karate you know it was always like no we are the we are the ones we are the best we you, you always have to prove yourself you always have to fight hard in the dojo you always have to you know beat other people up and stuff like that that's that's how i actually got teached you know i was i was like a 12 year old boy and i wanted to train with the adults and then my sensei he uh don't get me wrong he was a he was a good sensei a shihan right now and i've i've, I've, I've had so many great times with him but if you if you look at the things we happened it's crazy because i was 12 years old and he was like stand up uh open up the ribs he 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 kicked me in the in the in the left side broke a few he kicked me in the right side he 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 bruised a few and he was like when you're crying you won't ever train with the adults again well there you go i, I really wanted to so i didn't cry but if you if you think about it, I, I would never do this to one of my students <laughs> I, at, it, at this stage of like 2020 you can't do this or 2021 at the time so um you, you can't really do this do this but you know uh what is it 18 years ago this was maybe wasn't normal but was okay-ish <laughs> well yeah like because i had when i first started kyokushin like i had a very bad senpai in this old school i was with and he was very um he was not what an example of a senpai is because like he had no patience for me with my katas and he said, you're going to fail. And this is for an or this is for like a ninth cue. And it's like, how do you fail a ninth cue? Like, you know, they're going to give it to you. Like if you just make the effort and like, yes. but you got to do this and that. And then he was like saying very like inappropriate things to me. And it was like, and like, I just chewed him out. And then like, after that, like, Eventually, I saw him again at a Christmas party, and he came up to me, and he's like, oh, he's like, you got a yellow belt because of all the teachings I taught you, and I just looked at him, and I was like, I was like, no, I was like, no, it's like, I was like, I was just like, just shut your mouth, I said, you, I did not get that, don't take credit, and then what he tries to do, which was really petty, he's like, oh, he's like, well, I had a terminal illness, I had a blood cancer, and, and I said, it's not an excuse, I said, it's not an excuse, I said, you can't flip that on me to make me feel bad for you, I said, I said, you were inappropriate to me and beginners and the reason why you're and i said you i said you got your karma by uh, by getting by by what you have now and i and i said and i said the truth is when you mistreat others it comes back to you and you're not going to know how it comes back so that's why i don't know why you said you never followed the dojo code be humble even as a shodan you always have to be humble because you were a beginner too and I just yeah. walked away and it was the most gratifying thing I've ever done, Sensei. Like it was the most gratifying thing because I could have said, got into a fight with him and he wanted that, but I didn't. I just said what I had to say and it felt so rewarding. So that makes you a better person at that time, which makes you a better karateka. It, it does. It does. And um, so another thing I want to ask is, you know, obviously, you know, we, uh, after Cobra Kai and this, I've been watching a lot of uh, martial arts flicks. You're a big Bruce Lee fan. Um, yeah. For me, I don't know if I'll tell you because people ask, how did you get into martial arts? So for me, it was first Karate Kid. Then it was Dragon Ball Z with Future Trunks and Vegeta. Then it was Blade and Blade 2 with Wesley Snipes. And Blade was the first R-rated movie I watched because my parents were like, my mom was really strict, but my stepmom and my dad were more very liberal. So Monday, my brother, my stepbrother, <laughs> I'm like six and he's like, hey, you want to watch Blade? I'm like, sure. So we, he rented at the store and he was like, hey, it's kind of scary. And then I was like, ooh, I want to do martial arts. Then I watched Karate Kid, but I never really liked doing it, but I just had the thought of it. And then 
I played Tekken 4 with Jin Kazama because Jin in Tekken 4 does karate. He does Kyokushin, actually. Not, not only in, Tek- in Tekken 4, in, in, in all of the Tekkens, he's, he's, a, he's a Kyokushin-styled guy. Uh, I think it was Tekken 3 where you had, had demos and he was actually doing Yansu and Fifth uh, Pin and Go. Yeah, uh, but it's more in Tekken 4. He, he, it's more pronounced. Because like he wants to un- he wants to unlearn the Mishima style karate that he has, yeah. so he he takes up Kyokushin because it's more pure. And I was like, yeah. well, I got to do Kyokushin now. And then Dolph Lundgren fighting Geary's and stuff like that. Oh, I love that yeah. gear he has, man! Like that sweatsuit yeah. too. Like Jin yeah. too. Could we could we also say Jin is also kind of an antihero? Or I think I always thought he was a, he was kind of a good guy in that game. Yeah, well, he yeah. kind of goes bad for a bit, but then he comes. Uh, yeah, but he still he always had the, a little bit of the the Goku sense on him. You know, he was Kazuya was the was the, yeah, the anti hero. I love Kazuya, especially yeah. in Tekken Four. Yeah. Tekken Four is my favorite Tekken of all time. I don't care what anyone says. Debate me. I'm gonna just say the storyline of Tekken Four was the best at at its time. I, I really um, liked it. Yeah, I, was I stopped f- playing uh, console games after that. Probably, I think, but. Uh, yeah, really love love to play uh, a bit of Tekken. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and here's another martial arts flick that got me into Kyokushin. Um, definitely Spawn because Michael Jai White and Michael Jai White's a legit Kyokushin guy. Like he can actually, he's legit. Like he's a heavyweight, six foot three, two thirty. He's kicked the bags. Like he's broken bags apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I believe that. I've I've never seen him uh, in real life, uh, but I. I do believe he's a he's a he's a legit martial artist, a, a legit Kyokushin guy. Um, if you look at like Dolph Lundgren, he uh, he's legit as well. And uh, I was fighting in uh, in 2010 in the World Cup in uh, in Estepona. I was there with Darren and all, and 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 he was at that tournament to uh, to watch us. We were actually fighting in a bull ring, so it was open air. And uh, and he was there watching all day, and uh, took the time to go on a picture with with people and shake hands and be a very humble guy. But uh, yeah, he, he, it was cool to meet him. Yeah, really cool. It's my, it's my goal to meet him. Like I mean, uh, Sensei, uh, not Sensei. Sorry, Shian. Shian Tom Callahan of uh, yeah. Khan in the US. Yeah, USA. Yeah. Knows does, knows him. I want to say pretty well, but they've had like uh, they've had like dealings with like tournaments and all that. And he's like, Dolph is like the nicest guy you can imagine. Like he is the most humble guy ever. Like doesn't like when he comes to tournaments. Yeah, you just said takes the time, and that's some guy I want to meet too because he's an interesting cat too. Yeah, try getting him on your show. I it's a process. I mean, I'm gonna do it. You know, I mean, listen, I almost got Gegard. I was this close to getting Gegard because I, I spoke with Bert Cops, but just the timing never worked out. And Bert's mm-hmm. a very busy guy too, like managing a yeah. gym and working with kids really too. Cool. <laughs> Bert's nice. the nicest guy ever. Like I told him yeah, I'm from Canada. Really like, cool. kids, this is the story. Like I DM'd him and I'm like, Bert, I'm like, I want to get you on my show. I'm from Canada. Oh, you're from Canada? Yeah. Oh, we love Canadians in the Netherlands. I'm like, why do you guys love Canadians? Well, he's like, because during the war, it was Canada who liberated the Holland first, and they were the ones that took the time to really get to know the locals and kind of get to our way of life what about the americans he's like i don't talk about americans he's like yeah. i don't know like <laughs> it's like a, it's like they have a bad i don't want to say a bad history but i mean canada like everyone he says he's like if you come to holland you better wear a canada t-shirt and you'll be treated much better yeah the thing with bert is really uh he's such a humble guy as well and i was uh i was doing a a, a grading for uh for, for some 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 kickboxing stuff and um he had a student an old guy who's like a 55 or something, a, 
bodybuilder as well and also quite quite good in the boxing and kickboxing and stuff so uh it was about uh being a teacher and stuff like that so i i i, I teached him and then uh on the last saturday uh everybody uh took a few of their students and then they showed us like a a, a a quick session of 20 minutes so we can tell them if they if they were good or, or good enough or not and then bert came in with uh with with his student and he's like uh introducing himself yeah well hello my name is bert cops and uh, I'm, I'm i'm the owner of coffee gym and stuff like that i was like you really don't have to introduce yourself people these people know who you are you know what i mean it's like you're 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 a bit of a legend you really don't have to introduce yourself and that's how humble he is he's like you know still being a nice guy and still still takes the time to to you know show himself and, and be, 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 be a good human. I like, I like that about him. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's one of the good ones. So, um, I mean, I could talk to you all day, but I mean, you know, we got to do this again soon. Um, just to wrap it up. I mean, once again, I want to say really, you know, before I wrap it up, I want to ask you, what are two fights in MMA that you are super excited for this year? McGregor versus Poirier. Mm-hmm. I really, really hope McGregor shows up again. And, and that's, that's the, that's the trick. I'm looking forward to that, and I hope, I hope I'm I'm not sure if it's if it's gonna be on or not. Uh, I hope they do uh, Magomed Sheripov uh, versus uh, what's his name, the Mexican guy. I always forget his name. Yair, Yair Rodriguez. Yes, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping they they, they they make this fight, and and if they make this fight, I will definitely put my alarm clock on for that because, me uh, too oh yeah i i do i mean your ear has lost my has lost support because the way your behaves is very immature i find and yeah. he's like oh yeah i forgot you saw called me and magomed sheripov's like well we've been trying to get this fight going for like yeah two years now so yeah but that that's stylistically i think that's that's gotta be one of the best mma fights ever because those two guys they they're magicians yeah, you're a specialist in Taekwondo, but Zabit has that like weird sanda with like judo, like it's all honestly. Weird. I think, I think, uh, Zabit, uh, he must have done Kyokushin. Yeah, he must have, he, he must have been teached by Kurbanov or someone like that because the way he throws some of them kicks 100%. The question mark kick is for sure a Kyokushin style kick, it's a Feitoza kick, but it's taught, it's like the Chechen version, Dagestan version. Yeah, definitely agree. So where can people catch you on social media if they want to connect with you, Sensei? Um, well, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, I am, you can find me on Wesley Jensen. Uh, in, you, can, you can find on Hokori Mayo, Doyo Hokori Mayo, which is my school. Uh, you can find me on KRT, Karate Tips and Tricks. Uh, so, uh, and we're, we're on, KR, with, with KRT, we are on TikTok as well because, you know, we, we wanted to have a little bit of a wider view as well. Um, so sometimes that's a little bit, bit strange for me and Darren, but uh, we, we like to do that. Do what you got to yeah. do. You got to do to get exposed and like you guys are doing great. And I mean, IFK, man, like, I'm so happy that like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to say impose, but I'll say this. I think IFK is kind of like the unofficial sponsor with Kyokushin Khan and like helping the show with the Kyokushin side of things. So I just want to give shout out to them and, you know, IFK family, whether it's from you, um, Sensei Fogarazzi from Kicks, like he's been super supportive. Scott from Marshall Way blog, Sensei Russo, Shian Tom Callahan, Bob from uh, Forge Dodo, Dojo in uh, the US. Like Khan and IFK are like the, my f- two favorite organizations. 
friend friended as well uh i think uh and maybe you you know or don't but uh um steven new and and, and kensho Rayama. kensho Rayama really uh really has a big heart for for henshi steven new and he should be because henshi is what an amazing person is that it's probably is. one of my favorite um persons in the world Perfect. Well, once again, we're going to do this again anytime you want. Super fun. And uh, the episode will be up on uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever audio podcasts are. Uh, I'm going to load it up later today. Um, I'm going to give, I'll send you the episode info and before publishing and so forth. Thanks a lot, my friend. Thanks for having me. It's been a big honor. And uh, I hope, I hope this, uh, this, this was good enough for you. It was amazing. It was amazing. Thank you.